17, verses 11 to 19. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. I entitled this message today, An Attitude of Gratitude. Oftentimes we're quick to express our needs to God, but we're slow to express our gratitude to Him. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. When one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We're going to bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning that you have given us, this privilege that you have given us to enter your courts with thanksgiving and your gates with praise. We thank you, Lord, for this evening. We praise you because this is the day that you have made, so we rejoice and we're glad in it. We thank you for the privilege that we have to gather as your people to, to hear the word, your word preached to us. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. We pray, Lord, you would convict us, that you would change us, that you would edify and build us up. We pray, Lord, you would empower me by your spirit to communicate effectively. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So in life, there are four categories of people you often encounter. And one of the categories of people is, one category is those who constantly complain. And, And as I mentioned this, some people may automatically come to your mind of people that constantly command, no matter what happens to them, no matter what they receive or what predicament they're in, there's nothing you can do to please these people. They will always be complaining and unhappy. The, the second category of people is they, they go through life not necessarily complaining, but they, they're, they're just simply ungrateful. And the third category of people are, they're not necessarily complaining and ungrateful, but they are Grateful for the obvious blessings in life. They're grateful for the, food on their, uh, for the food on their table, the clothes on their back. They're, they're, they're grateful just to live another day. But the fourth category of people is where God wants his people to be. The fourth category of people is those who give thanks for all things. Just like we heard Amari this morning, the, the Bible says... This is the will of God that in all circumstances we give thanks, we, we be thankful. So this category of people, they're not just thankful for the obvious blessings of life, but, but they're thankful for every circumstance, for every situation. And you, you might say, how is this possible? See, as God's people, we can be thankful for every trial, for every circumstance. Why? Brothers and sisters, it's because we have the ultimate promise. Romans 8.28 8, says, 
For God works all things together for good for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. We can be thankful for even the, the dark providences of life that befalls us. We can be, it, the dark providences of life will be categories as a, a malignant growth of cancer, a, a car accident, a loss of a loved one, and we can be thankful for the good prom, uh, providences of life, such as the birth of a new child, a, a, a new job promotion, because we know that God works all things together for good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. He works it all out. He's the grand weaver. He works it all out for our good and his glory. So in today's passages, before that, so that truth should lay a foundation. So no matter which state, no matter what we're going through, today we have a reason to be thankful to God, no matter what we're going through. And today's passage, we're going to see the ten lepers, all ten of them, was healed by Christ. But only one came back to Jesus Christ and gave him thanks. And the first point we want to look at is the meeting. In verses, uh, Luke 17, in verse 11 to 12, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. In, in the first century, the, the hostility that existed between the Jews and the Samaritans was so great. These are two groups of people that had such hatred towards each other. So much hatred that if a Jew wanted to go to Jerusalem, he wouldn't take the shortcut through Samaria. He would go all the way around through the long road up Jordan through the desert just to get to Jerusalem to avoid going through Samaria and meeting the Samaritans. So, so when we read this passage, it says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and he, as he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers. That's significant because Jesus didn't try to avoid the Samaritans. He went right through Samaria to go to Jerusalem. And verse uh, Luke seventeen twelve says, And he, as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. Who stood at a distance. In ancient Israel, leprosy one of one of the most feared diseases of the ancient world. The earliest reports of leprosy we know of in history is, is 600 BC, and we see cases of leprosy in India, China, and Egypt. And even today, there's leprosy colonies in in Latin America, in in India, in Africa. And leprosy was caused by a pathogen called myobacterium leprae. And this was a communicable disease. It can be passed through either breath or touch. So the, the mode of transmission of leprosy was droplet and contact. And so because of that, a leper in ancient Israel faced one of the the worst kinds of quarantine. See, as we have gone through the pandemic, some of us here experience what it feels like to be quarantined for two weeks. By the end of that quarantine, not having, you know, not going to church, not having, you know, contact with your family, not going to the outside, by the end of that two weeks, you almost feel like you're losing your mind. You lose your patience, you get easily irritated, and that's just in two weeks. The, the leper 
in ancient Israel was not quarantined for one week, for two weeks, for two months, for 20 years. No, this was a quarantine for the rest of their lives. So we see in this passage that the life of a leper was a very lonely life. He was removed from the religious life. At the heart of Israel was the temple. So if you can't go to the temple, you're, you're, you're excluded from life itself. The leper, if he, if he had a family and children, and he caught leprosy, now no longer can be with his wife and children. The leper was excluded from society, rejected from his family, from society, from the temple, and the leper had such a strong craving for human touch, for human attention, that the only people the lepers can be around was other lepers. So at this point in their life, they didn't care if the leper was a Jew or a Samaritan. They just wanted to be around people. And, and that's what we see in our passage. Uh, uh, we see in this passage there were ten lepers. And the Bible says nine of them were Jews and one of them was a Samaritan. And see, a leprosy is not only a disease that isolates you socially, but it was a disease that physically crippled you. And it was a common myth that, that leprosy was caused by uh, flesh-eating bacteria. But leprosy, those who have leprosy, they didn't have a flesh-eating bacteria, but what they would have is neuropathy, where they will begin to lose sensation in their extremities. So much so that a leper can take a, a boiling cup of water and they wouldn't even realize how hot it is and they'll burn their hands. They can walk barefoot, a glass can go through their leg, they can, their feet can be pierced by a nail and they wouldn't even know there's a nail or a glass stuck in their feet and then they can get an infection and they begin to lose their extremities. In verse 12 it says, He was met by ten lepers. And, and notice what it says. It said, who stood at a distance. Numbers 5 and the book of Leviticus required that those with leprosy had to isolate themselves and they had to stand far off. And this was the isolation of the sick and not of the healthy. And, and, this, one, and this shows the divine inspiration of the Bible. Far before medical science has ever given us a, a rationale for isolation, the Bible here recommends to isolate those who are sick. In Leviticus 13.45, it says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry, Unclean! Unclean! So that when he goes out into society, everyone knows there's a leper coming, so you must maintain your distance from him. So we saw the meeting that Jesus meets these lepers. Now we're going to look at the master. In verse 13, it says, The lepers plead. It, it, the lepers are pleading for God's mercy. It says in verse 13, And lifted up their voice, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. The Greek word here for master is epistatis. And it, this is a re reference to Jesus' power and authority. So we learn something of these lepers. They know something of the healing power of Jesus. Jesus began to heal people in the surrounding cities. 
And the news of his healing ability, of his miracles, spread through Galilee, it spread all throughout the surrounding cities. Eventually it got to the ears of these lepers and they knew that this Jesus can heal. They heard about the one who can give sight to the blind. They heard about the one who can make the deaf hear. They heard about the one who can walk on water, who raises the dead. And, and, and this gave them hope. They heard about the one who is the most merciful human that ever lived. Jesus, even throughout the Gospels, was able and willing to have mercy on those who came to him. Jesus went to society and he found the most wretched, he found the most debauched sinners. Sinners like tax collectors and prostitutes. He, 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 he drew them by the, out of their darkness by the cords of his love. He, he washed them by his cleansing blood and made them trophies of grace to his glory. So in this passage, we not only see the mercy of Jesus, but we see the compassion of the Master. As we live in this fallen world, we're surrounded by people who are sick, who are broken, who are hurting, and it's easy to become desensitized, desensitized to all the hurt, the pain, and the brokenness. But here we see the compassion of Jesus. He didn't ignore the hurt and the pain. Compassion caused Jesus to run and help those who are broken and sick and hurting. Acts 10.38 says, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How we went about doing good and heal all those who were oppressed by the devil. For the Bible says God was with them. We serve a God who is full of compassion. And as ambassadors of Christ, it's our, it's our duty to go out to those who are hurting, to those who are poor, disabled, and sick, to those who are rejected and overlooked by society, and, and find opportunities to minister to them. And so in this passage, we see the, the, the mercy of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus, but also the, the power of Jesus. So now we're going to look at the miracle. In verse 14, it says, When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. Up until the, about the 20th century, Leprosy was considered an incurable disease. The, the lepers found themselves in a situation where there was no hope, in an impossible situation. But here, they encountered the one who specializes in doing the impossible. Jeremiah 32.27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? The, the lepers found themselves in a miserable state. But they encountered the one who is full of benevolence and mercy. The lepers begged Jesus to heal them. Notice that the lepers doesn't go to Jesus and demand healing. They're, they don't come acting like they're entitled to some healing. They knew that they were at the very mercy of the master. They knew they were undeserving of any good. And what happens here is, is pretty unique. And usually in the Gospels, when Jesus heals somebody, he usually you know, touches them and says, be clean. And instantly, they are clean. But in, in, in verse 14, it, he, Jesus says, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. He didn't instantly heal them, but he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. If you, and the, the Old Testament background is, if a person is 
healed from leprosy or had any skin issues, they would have to go to the priest. And the priest in the Bible, they were like ancient dermatologists. They would look at the, they would look at the skin, whatever lesions are forming, and they, can, and they would say whether this person needs isolation or if this is okay. And once these lepers, would, once they're healed, have to go to the, the priest and they would quarantine them for eight days. And they had a rigorous process of assessment. Whether they'll, and once, if the priest decided that they no longer had leprosy, they were deemed ceremonially clean and can return back to society. So here, Jesus says, go to the priest. So without first visibly seeing any healing of leprosy, they still lepers. What faith, how much did they bank on the word of Jesus to go, without any visible sign of healing, to go to the priest? They overcame their shame, they overcame their fear, and they obeyed the words of Jesus, and they, they went to the priest. And, and verse 14 says, On their way they were cleansed. What an astounding miracle. What a demonstration of the power of God. The same God who, who created the worlds out of nothing, the same God that put Jupiter, Uranus in motion and set the planets in motion that created the galaxies, healed this leper. It, this leper who all his life, all he knew was skins full of uh, weeping lesions, bumps, wounds, rashes, in an instant, his skin was soft like a new baby's skin. His nerves, he, he probably forgot what it feels like to touch something because his nerve endings were all gone. New nerve pathways begin to grow. And he, and he began to feel sensation again. What demonstration of the power of Christ. And, and this reminds us of a story from Second Kings 5, the, the story of Naaman. He was the commander of the army. He was a mighty man of valor in the Old Testament. And he comes to Elijah, the prophet, to be cleansed of his leprosy. And when he comes to Elijah, the prophet, he, he expects to be healed of his leprosy in the way he wants to be healed. He wanted, he wanted uh, Elijah to instantly heal him. But that's not what he gets. Elijah sends one of his messengers to Naaman and tells him to go to the Jordan River and dip seven times. And once he hears that, he gets angry. That's not what he wants to do. He wants to be, get healed in an easy, convenient way, just to instantly. But Naaman, the, the, Naaman's, the level of his need exceeds the level of his pride. And, and Naaman humbles himself, and he goes down to the Jordan and dips himself seven times in that river. And as he does that, just like the leper in Luke 17, he gets healed. And we learn an important lesson from this. If we are going to come to God, we must come to God in His way and on His terms. Someone once said to the Puritan preacher, Richard Rogers, Mr. Rogers, I like you, you and your company very well, but you are so precise. He replied, Oh, sir, I serve a precise God. See, we... You, we cannot approach God through Charles Taze Russell and the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. We can't approach God through Joseph Smith and the Church of Mormon. We can't approach God through Muhammad and through 
the religion of Islam. We can't approach God through Krishna and the myriad of Hindu gods. The only way we can approach God is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. We serve a precise God. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ, Jesus. In our postmodern world, we, we have to remember this truth. We serve a precise God. We, we live in a world that says it's my truth and you got your truth. You, you go, go to God your way and I'll come to God my way. It was the late 10th Presbyterian pastor in Philadelphia, Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse, who said, everybody has the privilege of going to heaven God's way or going to hell their own way. If we are going to come to God, we must come to God on His terms and His way. And His terms is repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. So we saw the meeting in a hopeless place, in a place of misery and pain, the lepers encounter Jesus. We saw the master who's full of power, compassion, and mercy. Heal them physically and meet their physical needs. We saw the miracle. Jesus in the place where no physician. Jesus in the place where no priest. Jesus in the place where no, no politician could help. Jesus steps in and does the impossible and heals the ten lepers of their leprosy. And now we're going to look at the man. In verse 15, it says, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. Notice that all ten lepers, when they wanted to be healed, they begged earnestly for Jesus out of desperation to heal them. But only one came back and gave Jesus thanks. See, this, these ten lepers, even if they were never cleansed and healed of their, their leprosy, they had every reason to thank God. Because of God's common grace. The Bible says He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. This leopard, even before they were ever healed, they had the sun beaming down on their back. Every morning, they, they, they get to eat food, they get to breathe, they get to walk. So they had every reason to still thank God. But how much more now? Because they've been healed of their leprosy. N now, these lepers, who were once lived a lonely, shameful life, can, can return back to their wife and kids. These lepers, who were outcast and rejected from society, can, can return back to society. These lepers, who were once considered to be cursed of God, can enter back into His temple. What astounding healing. What astounding miracle. But only one leopard had the sense to come back and give Jesus thanks. In Romans 1, the Apostle Paul tells us that knowing God, fallen man does not honor God, and neither are they grateful to Him. So these two sins, the ungratefulness and dishonoring God, is at the heart of every sinner. It's at the heart of every man, fallen man as they commit sin. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 5, verses 3 to 4. Ephesians 5, verses 3 to 4. Ephesians 5, 3 to 4 says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed. 
because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse just joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Here we see that God forbids all kinds of impurity, impurity in word, thought, and deed, so much so that here the Apostle Paul gives us the sexual ethic of the New Testament. It says, among God's people, there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality. But this passage, the Apostle Paul doesn't just forbid, but he also commends. God says in the place of sexual immorality, there should, something should take its place, and that should be thanksgiving. Paul, like the physician of the soul, goes to the very heart of sexual sin. And he says that the very heart of sexual sin is a greedy heart. So if you're here today, and if you're single and impure, we have to check our hearts. Are you ungrateful for the season of singleness that God has placed you in? If you're married here today, and you're impure, you have to check your heart and see, are you ungrateful for the wife that God has providentially placed in your life. Gratitude is an attitude that says you're grateful for everything and anything that God has given to you. So God commands us as his people to repent and nurture hearts of gratitude. So this Thanksgiving, as we eat our turkey, our mashed potatoes, and gravy, our uh, pecan pie and apple pie, we must remember that God has given us a powerful weapon to, to, to pursue purity and holiness, which is the weapon of thanksgiving. Luke seventeen sixteen to 18 says, And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise except this foreigner? The one leper came and fell at Jesus' feet. And this shows the deity of Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear. We are not to worship any man or angels. In Revelation, when an angel appeared to John, John became almost like a dead man and he fell down. And he was about to proceed to worship the angel, but the angel stopped him. Because worship is for God and God alone. In, in, in the book of Acts, in Lystra, where Barnabas and Paul was on their missionary journey, and they encountered a, a crippled man. Barnabas and Paul healed the crippled man, and the priest from the temple came out, and they thought that Barnabas and Paul was incarnations of Hermes and Zeus. And they wanted to proceed to worship Barnabas and Paul, but Barnabas and, uh, Paul and Barnabas became angry, ripped their clothes, and said, we're not to worship man but God and God alone. But here, we see the leper fall at Jesus' feet. He worships him and gives him thanks, but Jesus doesn't reject it. He accepts the worship, which shows us Jesus is God in human flesh. And out of the ten lepers, one returns. And and Luke tells us specific details He says the one that returned was a Samaritan. And this is a significant detail. If you know about the culture of ancient Israel, the Samaritans and Jews, like we were saying before, had this animosity. The Jews at that time had a derogatory word to describe the Samaritans. And they called them the mixed breed. Because 
a Samaritan was a, a mix of a Jew intermarrying with the Gentile. And, and the Jews looked down upon this practice and had such animosity and hatred, they had one for the other. And it's interesting to note that Jesus, being a Jew, the nine Jews stood far off and didn't come back and give him thanks. But the one that came back and gave him thanks was a Samaritan. So this, this shows us that the power of the cross, the power of Christ's love, his, his power is so great, it can bring down walls of a hostility. See, the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ can do what no worldly philosophy or ideology can do. It can, it can save sinners and reconcile ethnicities together. See, because of what Christ has accomplished on that cross, some of us may know what I'm talking about here, but we feel closer to our brothers and sisters in Christ than we do our blood relatives. So what a marvelous thing that Christ has accomplished on the cross, that bringing the two to one, the, the Samaritans and the Jews to one. And in the Jewish mind, the, the, the God healing or saving a Samaritan was just unthinkable. And so that's why verse 19 is so significant. In verse 19 it says, And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now the word of faith preachers would take this text and twist it and teach that if you just had enough faith, God will heal you of all your diseases. That's not what Jesus is teaching here. Jesus is not teaching that so faith is just a magical word you use to get what you want. Here, faith is not the cause of the healing, but the means of the healing. Jesus is the cause of this leper's healing. Faith was the instrument God used to bring healing to this leper. And, and, and what demonstrated the genuine faith of this leper was that he came back and expressed gratitude. And, and verse 19 it's interesting to note, when you look at the original Greek, this is not a reference to physical healing. Because earlier, the ten lepers were all physically healed. But this one leper who came back, he, he left with something more than physical healing. The, the phrase, made you well, is not the Greek word, katirzo, which means cleanse. We see in verse 14. The Greek word here is not iome, we see in verse 15, which means to be physically healed. The Greek word here is sazo, which means to be saved from sin. Not only did this leper, this Samaritan, receive the miracle of healing the leprosy physically, but he received something greater than healing from physical leprosy. He got, he got healing from his spiritual leprosy. Physical leprosy is a picture of what every woman, child, and man is because of sin. Leprosy is a spiritual, is an illustration of our sinfulness. Just like the leper, just like leprosy affects all our faculties, sin affects all our faculties. Sin affects our emotions because of the sin's effect on the mind. We don't love God as we ought to. Sin affects our affections. Because sin's effect on the affections, we don't love God as we ought to. Just sin affects our thinkings because, because sin's effect on our thinking. We don't think about God as we ought to. And in leprosy, we lose our physical sensation to pain. In the same way, 
the Bible says, do not let the deceitfulness of sin harden you. The Bible speaks of being, uh, your, your, uh, your conscience being seared like a hot iron to the point where you no, no longer feel it when you hurt God and others. Yes. To the point where you're so wallowing in your sin, you no longer can, just like our society, which you just turn on the loose. They don't know, they, they consider evil to be good and good to be evil. Their consciousness has been so seared by the spiritual leprosy of sin. The, just, like, just like physical leprosy is contagious, spiritual leprosy is contagious. The Bible says bad company corrupts good morals. Hebrews 12.15 says, See to, that no one fall, fail, fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness spring up and cause trouble, and by it many become defiled. Just like physical leprosy causes us to feel guilt and shame, sin causes us to cause, have shame and guilt so much so we hide from God and we hide from people. So Jesus upon that cross not only takes away our sin, but he takes away our shame and guilt. And he rose victoriously from the grave, defeating hell, death, and the grave. And all those who come to him by faith, he promises salvation, forgiveness, and rest. Just like we read in our morning confession this morning, God's electing grace, his irresistible grace, we once who was lost in our spiritual leprosy, God in his electing love calls us, he, he draws us, and he changes us. So much so that we who, whose hearts and consciences were seared like an iron, he gives us a new conscience, he gives us a new heart. He gives us a will that wants to obey Him. He gives us a mind that is spiritually minded. He changes our affection. So once we who are rebels and wanted nothing to do with God, now we desire God above all things. What thanks we ought to give God. An un, ungrateful Christian is, should be a term that is unthinkable. Just imagine all the riches that God has given us and his son. We who was born spiritual lepers, all we deserved was to be dropped to the lowest hell for our sins against him. We should have been cursed of God. But what has God done? He has drawn us close by his redeeming blood. He has borne the curses that should have fallen upon us, upon his, that was placed upon his son, Jesus Christ, we who had no righteousness in and of ourselves, Jesus Christ has given us his righteousness. We who are strangers and foreigners to the promise of God, God should have had nothing to do with us, but instead he has adopted us as his very own child. What magnificent love that he has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. So the rest of our lives... We should learn what it means to give thanks to God. We should, the rest of our lives, we should live in service, praise, and worship to the one, to Jesus Christ who has gave everything for us. May God bless you with these words.